Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Player profile and projection. You're with the Talking Knicks crew again. We're running through some of the most interesting guys on the roster this year. I say interesting, especially for this player, because you should have seen our pregame meeting. The player is Mitchell Robinson, the rookie, the second round pick. He was six, six pick in the second round. And normally a lot of teams wouldn't be hyping up their guy, but he's a seven one center. Who's got a lot of weird stories and potential behind him. I know we were digging through wikis. We were looking through summer league video where he put up some first ever recruited draft pick to not play college pro or high school team before entering the NBA draft due to some weird circumstances from Western Kentucky. But, and Greggy, I'm going to kick it to you because that's just my natural reflex at this point. Seven, one, seven, four wingspan. We've seen some shot blocking. Give me, give me some thoughts. What, where, where's your head at? On M-Rob, Mitch Rob. I mean, Mitch Rob, all about potential. This guy was a five-star recruit. So you know the potential's there. Um, I mean, basically the only thing we have to go off of right now is the his high school highlights and his summer league stats, which was <clears throat> five games where he averaged 13 points, 10 rebounds and four blocks in 25 minutes per game, which is uh, pretty good. And he shot 67% from the field. So, you know, he's, he's, he's got a, he's got potential. He could post stats against the, the, the summer league competition at least. So maybe uh, it might be a, a little steeper learning curve when he gets to the big leagues, but it's there. We'll grow over time. Wouldn't it be talking Knicks if we weren't talking summer league highlights Kenny Poon, Mitchell Robinson, the big man. What are your thoughts? I am excited about Mitchell Robinson. Uh, he showed a lot of flash in the summer league. Like we said, that's all we really have to go on. Uh, the four blocks that Greg was talking about per game in the summer league was a summer league record, which is pretty cool. Not that cool because it's summer league, but still, it's uh, it's something because pretty much every player goes through summer league, so there's been a lot of you know, future stars in the summer league and he's averaged the most blocks ever. And I know a lot of those blocks are pretty crazy. Uh, I was just talking to Tom as he was watching the highlights. Cause in one of the games he had a closeout block where he started out with a foot in the paint. The guy caught it on three at the three took a shot. And by the time he took the shot, he was getting blocked, which is just a crazy amount of space to cover in a small amount of time. So it's, it's exciting to see kind of the stuff that he did my concern is just Knicks fans getting a little too excited because he is still very young. I think he's 20 now, maybe 21, uh, but he's a young guy. And he, like you said, he hasn't played competitive basketball in a year. So I don't think he's going to come out of the gates firing. I think it's going to take some, some time and he's, he's eventually going to be a good player, but I don't think that he's going to come out of the gate as the summer league, you know, all-star that he was. He's a piccolo always on the go. Tommy, 
stats. We're introducing you to a player that literally almost has no stats. So I, I'm excited to hear what you got for me, Tom. Jake, I'm shook. I, I don't even know what to do with this guy. Um, one thing I'll point out is it's kind of strange at this time in the NBA to be looking at centers as like very valuable prospects. You wonder kind of what their place is in the league after seeing a finals where like LeBron and Kevin Durant were playing the nominal center position. But Mitchell Robinson can serve a very valuable uh, purpose here in, in kind of like a Clint Capella type role. The Knicks haven't had a, a, a vertical threat in some time. Like, I mean, I, I guess Porzingis when he rolls, but he's more of a pick and pop type big at this point, um, just with his with his frame. But Cantor, he'll roll and he'll roll hard to the rim, but he's no lob threat by any stretch. So with uh, with Robinson, you get more of like that DeAndre Jordan, Clint Capella type, who uh, who kind of scares the defense to to run towards the rim. And tag. Robinson at the moment. and uh, you know what that does that creates more space for for uh, the guys in the perimeter when when defenses are scared of that lob threat so I'm excited to see what, what Robinson can do in, a, in that capacity and Tom not to not to you know kind of pull back a little bit of what you said but and it probably isn't because like we said we don't really know anything about <laughs> about uh, Mitchell Robinson but they have talked about the possibility that he might be able to shoot the ball a little bit. And I know that there's been highlights of him, you know, practicing shooting the ball or practicing shooting threes and making, making a bunch of threes. His form is a little unorthodox and I feel like he has more arc on a shot than a shot should ever have, but it went in and you know, it's, it's a facet of his game that we don't know anything about because he didn't really shoot it in the summer league, but it's something to look out for and something that, if it is a part of his game, it's going to it's it's going to make him a real threat. Being able to shoot the three and be a rim runner, I don't know how many guys there are in the league that can do that. Yeah, I mean, I watched his free throws. They looked smooth, but like you said, a little unorthodox with his release. Um, it, it seemed, I mean, granted they were free throws, but it seemed a little slow, like, like defenders could actually uh, get in his face on jump shots. But I... I I'd be surprised if this year he actually like stepped out and started taking shots. I think at this point in his career as a rookie, he'll probably be going more to his, his bread and butter, which will be finishing around the rim and just throwing down lobs. So I, if he could expand his game in future seasons, I'd be all for that. But uh, at this point, I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised if he tried to expand it or to, to step that far out. It's like you're in my brain, Hambone. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. And you were talking about fear of rim rubbing. And that, that brought out the fear and noodle, the doodle dog. He let it rip for a minute there. But I, I think you're exactly right. You have a young guy like this. You want to keep it simple to start. Defense is where they, they're going to tell him that's where you can make your bread and butter. Alley-oops from hopefully whoever can throw him on the Knicks. And, yeah, you're right. I, maybe you'll see some corner threes if he earns it later in the year, but I'm not looking for that. And I love the, coming into the draft, the DeAndre Jordan comparisons. Um, some of the other rim running bigs that can play a little defense. There's some Ch- Tyson Chandler comparisons, which we, we remember him in Nick's land. Greggy, what are we expecting? Because I know there's, we talked, when we talk about Enos Cantor, someone dropped the stat that there was something like 35 games. He didn't play in the fourth quarter or something like that. And I mean, let's be honest, that's because he was a sieve defensively. So, 
it seems like if Mitchell Robinson can do what he showed us on defense, he can find a role on this team and become a helping big. And the other thing that I just want to mention that Tom touched upon was where the big man is dying and all that stuff in the league. I think we're just we're going to see more of the big man adapting. You're going to have to be able to cover some things on defense. You're going to be able to have to spread it a little bit. But a big, a good big man can still impact the game. We mentioned Clint Capella. I think he's the model of the big man that can still have a huge impact while still being a guy that doesn't have very much range. So with all that gas I just let out, Greggy, give me give me some hopes and dreams. What what do you think is a best case? What do you think is a worst case for Mitchell Robinson this year? All right. So the one thing I'll say is that this guy has a lot of potential and uh, a, lo- a lot like Frank, where last year was his rookie year and we didn't see much, but we know that he's a he's a potential. He's a potential guy. So I don't know if the stats are going to be there this year. So I'm going to read you DeAndre Jordan's rookie year numbers. So he did one year at Texas A&M and then got drafted in the second round, like uh, Mitchell Robinson. 4.3 points, 4.5 rebounds, 1.1 block in 14.5 minutes per game, and he played 53 games. So not much there. In his second year, he averaged 4.85 and .9. So it takes time with these guys. Uh, and then Capella, his rookie year was – pretty much the worst ever. So hopefully Mitchell Robinson doesn't do that. I know uh, he, he started the year missing like a ridiculous amount, number of free throws in a row. Uh, and he ended the end of the year shooting 17% from the free throw line. And he only played in 12 games. So we're going to need more than that. But uh, Robinson is very athletic. So like you're saying, maybe he's, he'll be able to switch on defense and guard some smaller guys. So that, that'd be good. And uh, as long as he, if he just dunks the ball, which he's very capable of, he could put up, I don't know, eight points a game. That's a great point from Greg. Like, I don't think we're going to look back on this season's stats and have a determination of whether Mitchell Robinson's season was a success or not. It's going to be about showing flashes and, and showing that he has the capability of doing some of the things that we're talking about him doing. And those DeAndre Jordan numbers are really eye-opening. Like, yeah, if, if Mitchell Robinson averages four points a game, that's not going to say one way or another whether he had a good year or not. It's about just showing the steps, showing he's willing to put in the work. I mean, he I think what he impressed most people with was his his motor in those games, his effort. He was trying so hard on defense, which I know is something that people worry about with guys who, uh, who have kind of an unorthodox path to the NBA. So, I mean, if he can just work his butt off and, and play hard on defense and you know, show some, show some like bright spots, then I think we can look back on this season as a success for him. All right. And I think those first year DeAndre Jordan stats, I think that's kind of the baseline that I would set. That would be the expectation that I would have. I mean, I think on the high end, if for some reason, you know, Cantor's not playing, then, uh, I think Mitchell Robinson is going to be the guy jumping in. And if he's getting minutes, just by the sheer fact that he's out there, like Greg said, he's going to get offensive rebounds and he's going to dunk it, whether or not people pass on the ball or not. And I, so I think he could, in the in the event that Enos Cantor isn't playing, I think he could get up to maybe 10 points a game. I don't expect that to happen just because it's Enos Cantor I expect to be playing. Uh, but I think that's a possibility. And, you know, I don't think, 
the floor is much lower than kind of the expectation, which is those first-year DeAndre Jordan stats, just because there's not a lot of front court depth. So I think he's going to get minutes. He's going to get, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, whether or not those minutes are productive, just because there's not many other choices. And for, you know, something that Jake brought up that I think is kind of an interesting question is who is going to take the center minutes in the fourth quarter just because historically Cantor hasn't played much in the fourth quarter because his defense is bad. Now, Mitchell Robinson is expected to be a good defender, but he's still very young. And the thing about young shot blockers in particular and young, tall, long athletic guys is they tend to get in foul trouble. So my question is, is he going to, is this going to be a guy that doesn't play much during the course of the game and then somehow ends up in the fourth quarter and it's like, go nuts, get five fouls if if you if they're out there, but just try to play good defense because can't or can't? Or is it going to be like, all right, well, we don't want you to get into foul trouble. We don't want the team to have to like blow through their fouls because you don't know how to play defense. So he's he's going to be a guy that you know will play the first three quarters and then somehow we end up with Cantor in the fourth quarter. So like, because I don't know who the who the other option is, whether it's Luke Cornett or we end up with somehow a Hazonia Knox front court um, in those situations. But it's it's an interesting question and it it brings up you know, is he going to be a guy that plays in the fourth quarter? Uh, what do you, what do you guys think? It's a great question, Kenny. I mean, I'm a, I'm of the opinion that when the Knicks are fully healthy, that Porzingis is their best option uh, closing out games at center. Um, he's just such a strong rim protector, and his ability to space the floor on on offense just that combo is so deadly and is not common in the league, like you mentioned before. But um, but I mean, until Porzingis comes back, that is a real question mark. Like, who's gonna be closing out? Who's gonna be playing crunch time minutes at center? Mitchell Robinson, if he can if he can show us what he can do on defense, then it's a very real possibility that he'll need to be out there because otherwise opposing crunch time offenses will just be attacking Cantor in the pick and roll, and we've all seen how that plays out. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see how that ends up how uh, how Fisdale ends up uh, playing that. But one other thing I do like about Robinson is that you don't need to run any plays for him. You kind of touched on that earlier. And that's one of the nice things about these kind of like scavenger bigs, this, like like the Clint Capellas. They don't need plays run for them. They can just – they can take lobs when they're there, but they get a lot of buckets off offensive rebounds, just being around the basket, loose balls, being in scrums. And that's just something Mitchell Robinson can uh, can look forward to, I think. Yeah, and then going, going back to what Kenny said about uh, the fourth quarter center, I, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, you you mentioned Knox and Hazonia playing center because you you picture everybody going small and then last season when the Knicks went small it was their seven three guy playing center and they, now they don't they really don't have a, a a a center that that you would expect to play fourth quarter minutes if it's not Cantor so I mean yeah he could definitely be out there in the fourth quarter too so it's. I don't know. It's it's kind of a crazy thing because just because it's n- neither situation is ideal. Just because he's a rookie, you know, and rookies take a little bit of time to develop. And Cantor just historically hasn't been a guy who is playable in the in the fourth quarter. So I don't know. It's a it's a it's a tough call. And and part of me thinks that it just might end up being Hazonia and Knox, and they go super small. But we'll uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. Do we see a little bit of, oh, hey, everyone, my, my computer almost exploded. That was pretty neat. Do we think it's going to be 
I feel like this is almost a new NBA thing. Like Mitchell Robinson's going to have nights where Mitchell Robinson gets a full 22 minutes, and then there's going to be a bunch of games where we don't see Mitchell Robinson. Do we think that's going to kind of be a story of his rookie year? I think if Hornacek, I think if Hornacek were the coach, then that would be Hello. a very real possibility. Um, I'm hoping Fizdale has a little bit more. I mean, I'm I'm completely open to like trying new things, but hopefully he finds something resembling consistency in his rotations if he finds something that works. So if he can get Mitchell Robinson in a position to be successful, then keep running that back. But uh, I mean, with, with young guys, of course, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation in, in their playing time. Just to, as far as uh, with Fizdale being a new coach, especially just trying to figure rotations out, figuring out what works, what doesn't. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the fourth quarter, but even throughout the game, there's not many other options in the front court. Like as, as pure centers, they can either play Cantor, Robinson or Cornette. And, you know, I, I expect Cornette to get some minutes, but I, I think the vast majority of those minutes are going to go to Cantor and they're going to go to Robinson. And so it's not like the situation with Frank last year, just because we had so many guards and so many guys com- competing for the one and two spot that, you know, he wasn't – he didn't have to be out there. Here, this is a guy that just needs to be out there just because there's no one else. And so I think I think he's going to get relatively consistent minutes. Man, I hope that's true. I, I mean, there's Cantor, and then there's Robinson, right? And then there's Cornette, I guess, if you if you want to count him. He's, he's on the 15-man roster, so <laughs> – so we can count him. So we can count him, and he may be getting minutes, but long term, I mean, you'd think you'd want to develop Robinson over Cornette. So hopefully he'd be getting the minutes. And I think the only other thing that really came to my mind was we we've talked about it. Coach Fisdale's new offense. How much are they going to be running? A lot of hot hot button NBA words. If Mitchell Robinson can play D and run up and down the court. I mean, that's a lot of what you're asking from a big man that, I mean, Cantor hustles. I, I wouldn't say he's athletic getting up and down the court. And then Cornette is going to have some holes in his game. Tom, any any final comments about that? Um, yeah, I mean, just as far as the rotation goes, I, I'm really curious to see if uh, if Kenny's prediction of a, of a small front court of Hazonia and Knox being a 4-5, like that would be – or, or any combination of like a Lance Thomas Knox. I mean, that, that, that'd be pretty surprising even with the way the league is going, trending small, like that is particularly small. So I'm, uh, I, I'm bullish on Robinson's uh, chances of cracking the rotation and getting consistent minutes. I'm, I'm pretty much out on Cornette in general. So uh, as a basketball player, <laughs> tough, tough corn, tough Cornette episode on the Mitchell Robinson PPP around the horn over under. Five points per game. Greg Poon. I'll take the over. As long as he's just exclusively dunking it, I think he can achieve that. Ken Poon? Uh, I'm going to take the under, but just slightly. I, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be getting a ton of shots. Most of his shots, like Greg said, are just going to be him corralling rebounds and dunking. But I just don't know that he's going to have consistent attempts to, to get much above that. Yeah, Jake, I'm glad you didn't set it at 5.1 because I'm pretty sure that's what he's going <laughs> to average. So uh, I'm going to take the slight over. Proud of you. Proud of you. I, th- I thought about doing a points-blocks mix, but that gets a little too tricky. Either way, 
I think I think we talked about a little Mitchell Robinson, a lot of Mitchell Robinson. I I missed a chunk of it, but I I know you you boys would block my shot and send it right back. So thank you guys for listening. The Mitchell Robinson PPP. He's got a lot of potential. That's kind of <laughs> we haven't said that word enough in Knicks land lately. So hopefully it pans out. And if you've been listening, thank you very much. Drop a good five star review if you like it. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you guys soon. Next take. I think the part where Jake wasn't there was the best part. No, no offense, Jake. Jake. Jake, we no didn't tell we didn't tell offense. anyone that you were gone. It it was all pretty natural. That was that was good. I'll so, I'll, I'll yeah. tell I'll tell Jimmy to make make that. You know, I'll just tell Jimmy to mute my whole part, and I think we're good. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, we had a so we actually had an interesting conversation when you were gone, which you caught the end of. I didn't know. I don't know if you you figured out what we were talking about. It was about you. It was. Yeah. I heard the the Hazonia Knox small lineup. We'll just crunch time minutes. At it was yeah. Who who's gonna play in the fourth quarter? Because Cantor doesn't play in the fourth quarter because he's really bad at defense, and now they have no one else to put at center. Can't play with him. <clears throat> yeah, that is kind of scary, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's what we talked about while you were gone. What if Mitchell Robinson's good? Should we have had that conversation? So the thing I didn't bring up that I talked to Tom about today is like people were saying that he just in open practice he just got absolutely destroyed by Enos Cantor. The one thing is I like, can see that Cantor destroys everyone. Yeah, I guess that's what Tom said. He's really good at offense. People are center, especially centers are monsters in the NBA. It'd be tough to be a rookie. Yeah, have you guys seen Cantor with his shirt off? Yeah, and I. Yeah. Dude's crazy. He looks photoshopped. I got a, I got a date in a WWE chick. I got his poster on my wall. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> I don't want to do that. Who are you guys? All right, I got to watch um, this. Uh, right. This SNL skit well, and then good. some cheers. I go to bed. Nice. Sorry, sorry we got started a little later, boys. But uh, yeah, man, good. You good. We should all we should start Maybe, a uh, we should start a Cheers podcast. Cheers is so good, <laughs> so good. Everybody knows your name. Um, okay, yeah. Let's. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you boys tomorrow. I'll be driving twelve hours in a car. So all right, let's keep doing these. Right. Let's keep doing these guys. All right, I'm having fun. Later, guys. Later. Night, boys. Bye. I, just, I could leave this on all night. Oh, bye. <laughs>